best, the worst of 2016. This is the Geek Confidential Podcast. There were a lot of great moments. There were a lot of terrible moments. Joining me today to cover them all is my co-host, Craig Peters. Welcome, Craig. Hey, hello. Uh, also joining us is Melody Akles, who's been traveling the world. Welcome, Melody. <laughs> hey, hey. And joining us once again, we have Dan Pierce. Welcome back, Dan. How's it going? Pretty good. Best and Worst Podcasts. I love Best and Worst Podcasts. I love lists almost as much as I... Well, I love Best and Worst Podcasts almost as much as I le- love list podcasts and countdown podcasts. So we are going to discuss the best and worst of Geek in 2016. I'm going to start with movies, move on to TV, and then wrap up with the final three big categories. Melody, who is your female entertainer in film for 2016? Doesn't have to, and for those who may be not familiar with how we do our categories, entertainer doesn't necessarily mean best acting. It can, but it's the most entertaining person you had in Geek for 2016 in film. Who do you have, Mel? Well, I have the woman, I can't, I can't always say her name. I think it's Gail, Gal Gadot, Wonder okay. Woman. Okay. She Gal. was pretty fantastic in Batman versus Superman, and the most memorable part of it. For me, at least, and it made me pumped for the Wonder Woman movie coming up um, this next year. So if I can find the bright spot in that terrible movie, and it makes me excited all year, she has to get my favorite female film entertainer. Okay. Um, And have the trailers made you even more excited after seeing her performance? I cannot wait. I am marking it down on my calendar. Dan, who do you have for female film entertainer of the year? You know, Luke, I... Before, like when you sent out these lists, I was kind of like, oh, no, I'm going to be I'm going to be kind of controversial because I really liked a certain movie that people tended to like be like that came out. What? Lily James as Elizabeth Bennett in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. I loved that movie. That movie was so, (laughs) so freaking good. Like. I'm an cyber English high major. five, cyber high five. Yuck. <laughs> I I'm an English major. I I did the whole uh, you know books and literate or literary stuff and writing and all this other stuff. I couldn't get enough of the way they took the text and created the entire world. One thing about her performance though is she took all of the aspects that Kira Knightley brought to the role and then just turned up the volume to like 12 and the action um, it between the action and her personality and her like being an independent person that kind of doesn't necessarily need a relationship doesn't need Mr. Darcy doesn't need any of this proprietary BS it was amazing and I loved it she was fantastic. She brought so much of like complexity to the role. She had great chemistry with uh, the actor who played Mr. Darcy. 
Uh, she had great chemistry with the actor that played Mr. Bingley, which is also an important aspect when you're doing a Pride and Prejudice anything. Just a, a fantastic actress. She was great in Cinderella, um, and I look forward to seeing her in more roles do in the think, future. Do you think we'll be lucky enough to get a Pride and Prejudice in Zombies 2? I doubt it, but... No, no, no. Unless, unless like, Matt Smith, like, funds it himself. Do such a sad, <laughs> sad day. Sad, yeah. sad day. My female uh, film entertainer of the year is Margot Robbie, uh, who played Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad, because, let's face it, she was the only thing that made that film watchable. The film was better than Batman v Superman, but Margot Robbie was the scene stealer in it. I was not looking forward to the Suicide Squad film, even before Batman v Superman came out. And I was shocked when it ended up being better than the Batman film. And it was all because of Margot Robbie. Will Smith did what Will Smith does. There were some other moments. But when it came down to it, her as Harley Quinn was my standout performance in film just from pure entertainment for pure entertainment purposes. Now, Craig, I suppose you're going to go with some highbrow literary person for your female, or not literary, but highbrow film person for your pick for female entertainer of the year. Am oh. I about to be shocked or surprised? Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. It's Margot Robbie and Harley Quinn. Yeah, she was the most amazing, amazing film presence in the entire year. And a movie that absolutely sucked, I thought, was terrible, had no redeeming qualities. She was riveting. She was hard to take your eyes off of. She was amazing in that uh, in that role. I Our, I was actually expecting you to to roll out Amy Adams in Arrival. Yes, because I like, and that's the like the only reason she's not on my list is because I haven't had a chance to watch that film yet. But everything that I've heard about it is she's amazing. So she I is, was that was who I was totally expecting you to go with. She is totally amazing, but there's only one. There's only one character that absolutely rocked it, and that would have been, that was Margot Robbie. I could have gone with Scarlett Johansson, because I always love Scarlett Johansson. Could have gone with Amy Adams. That would be my top three probably for the year. But Margot Robbie just knocked it out of the park. Not to be too cliche, but she just absolutely destroyed that role. There she is nothing the I love more say. than a cliche, a pun. <laughs> <laughs> or alliteration. <laughs> I'll cover all three, the trifecta. Mel, who do you have for male film entertainer of 2016? Uh, for me, I went with Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man. Okay. I felt like he did a really great job in um, Captain America Civil War. And you Team really, Iron Man. <laughs> you followed his journey. Like, I, you know, I, I always go back and forth. Sometimes I like Iron Man, sometimes I don't like Iron Man. But in this movie, I was just like, all right, I see where you're coming from. So, um, he just did it for me for this one. So there we go. Okay. Dan? I'm going to go with John Goodman as Howard in 10 Cloverfield Lane. That was the most terrifying performance I've ever witnessed. His character alone and the relationship he had with the character of Michelle and Emmett and how paranoid he was about the outside world and the threat of nuclear, nuclear war it was riveting and terrifying and disturbing. And if he doesn't get a nomination, it's it's kind of a highway robbery because I, I understand that the, the sci-fi aspect or the geek aspect doesn't come in until later in the movie. But I feel like this, like, he really sold this. 
I read something recently where it was basically an article about he is the number one, number two in film. In that he is, if you, if you want to have the best supporting actor in film, you want John Goodman. There and I and I was thinking about that because you think about a lot of these people who play supporting roles, and it was like, hmm, that's an interesting point. My male film entertainer of 2016 is Ryan Reynolds from Deadpool, because it was that was one of the most fun performances in comic book films. I also have to com uh, compare it to what they did in that awful Wolverine movie and the complete reversal of that and how this film was fun, that it was tongue-in-cheek, and Ryan Reynolds was instrumental in setting that tone. And I, for me, he was my male entertainer. Craig, who did you have? I'm going to go third from now on, Luke. Because <laughs> Ryan Reynolds recovered so incredibly from that piece of swill <laughs> that he did called Green Lantern. I mean, I've never seen anything where they've taken such a, a, a tremendous, comedic, funny guy and just thrown him into the toilet, swirled him down through this the sewer and out to sea. This role, uh, him in Deadpool, was amazing. It, um, it, I mean, it could have been over the top. It could have been too much. Or it much. could have been awful, like the Wolverine in the oh, Wolverine movie. Well, but they let him go. They let him go, and he never took it a step. And, and it, just an instant too far. Never, not even an instant. The whole thing was just like right on the edge. It was just terrific. Just absolutely amazing the way that he kept it on that cutting edge without ever going just a little over the top. And I loved it. Absolutely loved it, which is why it made hundreds and hundreds of million dollars more than anybody expected and became, just a little geek information here, the most most um, overwhelming box office of any R-rated movie ever. It's just amazing. Totally knocked it knocked it into the into the stands. So Okay. Best geek movie of 2016, Melody. What else is it going to be? Captain America Civil War. I only been talking about it since it came out. That movie was fantastic. You know, you get all your heroes together and but this time they're on opposite sides and it was done so well because you could see both sides of the coin. You know, you agree with Captain America's team sometimes, but sometimes you're going to agree with Iron Man. And then the introduction of Black Panther, come on. That was a that dream movie come true fantastic. for a lot of people. And I cannot wait for the Black Panther movie as well. So for me, it was just, it was the best. I can watch it over and over again. Fantastic job. Okay. Uh, Dan. I'm co-signing with Mel on this one. Civil War takes it easily. Uh, it, it did so many things, right? It, it created like this moral quandary between two characters that for the most part, we've seen be fairly friendly with one another to, uh, between two Avengers movies. Um, it introduced so many awesome things, Black Panther and the best version of Spider-Man we've ever seen. Absolutely. I I'm just going to throw that one out there. As someone um, who doesn't like Spider-Man generally, best one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it put Ant-Man in the orbit of all of the Avengers. Uh, Falcon was fantastic. Winter Soldier was on point. Just everyone came to play, and it just, it was amazing. Uh, the only thing that always, it weirds me out, but it weirded me out knowing this that was from the comics. 
that vision and Scarlet Witch romance. I I just I can't yep. handle it. I can't do it. I can't handle him sitting in sweaters in briefing meetings either. Like it it's just weird. I agree. It was it was a good film. I'm going to co-sign um I in the two weeks since watching Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange has climbed on my list. Um, when Craig and I recorded that podcast, I was thinking it was top three, probably two or three. And and I seriously considered making it number one because I had so much fun. But I couldn't because Captain America Civil War was the culmination of so many films. It w- it brought together so many people. It introduced, as pointed out, Black Panther and Spider-Man into this Marvel universe. If I had two gripes about it, my um, they would they're small gripes. First of all, I think that Black Widow gets an occasional kick-ass scene, but I do not like how they treat that character in the franchise. She really deserves her own film because when she was in those fight scenes and the opening sequences, to me, I was like, why is she not Marvel's Jason Bourne? She could be, she should be. It would be epic if they went with a Jason Bourne. The other aspect that was a little bit difficult to me is I thought that the Team Iron Man versus Team Captain America, their motives were sort of reversed based on how the the film franchise was set up. It seemed a little bit odd that Tony Stark, the rebellious one, was the one who was pro-government and Captain America, the rah-rah, everything's right be a good person hero is the one who's the outlaw i it felt off not to say that the execution was bad because they it did end up being fun but it just felt off but for me it was definitely the best movie of 2016 uh geek movie craig what do you have oh it's i disagree with everything you said about except maybe scarlett johansson i don't think an it standalone is going to be as great as you think it is uh but uh, she's just not that big a character, but, uh, I but think, that, she deserves, I think the, the reason I think she why she's not move. that big of a character is because they have, they've always made her no, this, this no, waffling character in it. Not enough to her, but I think it would be interesting and fun and it would be a good movie and probably would be a movie that she does deserve and that character deserves. But obviously my pick is also Civil War. There's nothing that beat it through the entire year. It was, it was not only a great comic book movie, a great action film, and it was it was one of the better films of the year as well, just period. I mean, it was a great film, regardless of whether you're a geek or a comic book fan or a nerd. But what I loved about it was the incredible action scenes. Everything else you guys said is right. But when, when they bring 10, 12, 15 people on the screen, all fighting it out and manage to sell it, and do the the movie the movie idea or excuse me do the comic book idea in the movie where you can actually see scenes that were placed in comic books on the big screen and the best scene ever in any comic book movie you know top 5 top 3 is when giant man shows up on the screen i knew it was coming i expected it i was one of the few people i'm sure in the theater that night that knew that that was going to happen. And when Giant Man springs up and you've got this 10-story uh, Giant Man fighting all these people, I, I had another comic gasm. Honest to God, 
I absolutely loved it. That was one of my favorite characters when I was a kid. Just seemed right. He seemed like the, the average Joe, just happened to be brilliant, of course, but the, the average Joe and just all these fun things happened to him and him as Giant Man fighting Spider-Man and all these other people and everybody is absolutely in shock. And, uh, you know, you, when Iron Man's jaw drops, when, when Captain America's jaw drops and all these jaws are dropping because now you've got a 100-foot guy fighting against you. It's like the first time I saw King Kong. It was like, wow. I knew it was coming, but I still was blown away. So this was clearly one of the best comic book movies ever. Um, and just just fantastic fun. And the right blend of serious. I mean, there was real serious stuff going on there. People have died. People are, are trying to get revenge. It's a revenge picture on several levels. And, of course, uh, it still managed to have the fun the funniness and in, in, in kind of a response to what Dan said about Shakespeare, Shakespeare knew that you had to have a bit with the dog. In other words, no matter how serious a Shakespeare play got, there was always funny moments in it to take some of the relief, uh, gives the audience some relief from all the panic and tension and, and horror. And this movie had it all. And it was just, a, just a wonderful blend and just beautifully, beautifully created so obviously and absolutely and unconditionally uh my favorite movie of the year okay so that brings us to worst movie of 2016 um i know what i wanted to put on this but i really 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 wanted to put batman v superman on this as worst movie because it was just that bad but there was one for me that was worse which was independence day resurgence because I love the original Independence Day, and this one was a colossal disappointment. Mel, who do you have? What did you pick for worst movie of 2016? Well, I went ahead and did it, and I put the trash bag that was Batman versus Superman on this list. Okay? <laughs> because it's pure garbage. Most of the movie, mm, I say the first, oh, let's give it two hours since this movie was two hours and 30 minutes. The last 30 minutes is fantastic. Wonder Woman shows up and they have a big battle with uh, Doomsday. Fantastic. But leading up to that, garbage. Batman is running around. You know, he's always a bit brooding because he's Batman. He can't help himself. But this time he wants to kill Superman. He's going to build all these weapons and he's going to take him out. And we have this weird alternate universe version of Alfred who's really cynical and, and I'm like I don't like any of this meanwhile you see glimpses of Superman he's running around with his clouds with yeah, he's running around in the clouds like la 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 I love Lois Lane everything it'll work out no one likes me but it'll be fine like it was just stupid and then we finally get to the big Batman versus Superman battle which actually wasn't so bad but the whole, I guess, oh, what resolution to it with, oh, wait, your mom's name is Martha, too? Mine, oh. too. Let's be <laughs> friends. If that wasn't the dumbest shit I ever, oh, I was so mad in the theater. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. It was, I just, I can't. And don't forget that we had Lex Luthor, who was more like the oh, Joker so than bad. Lex Luthor. I, just, uh, I didn't like his version of Lex Luthor at all. It just, 
it did nothing for me. Listen, I so badly wanted to put Batman v Superman. He's actually my it's actually my dishonorable mention for the year since we'll probably have those at the end. But for me, Independence Day was just a tad more or a tad but worse. But I feel like you knew that movie was going to be bad. Like you knew you were like, mm, maybe we shouldn't have done this, guys, when you saw the trailer. When, but... you, when you saw when you learned that Will Smith wasn't going to be in it. <laughs> Bad okay. news. Listen, not you've this. convinced me, Mel. I'll switch mine. Batman v Superman. No, worst no. movie of the year. You, no, you no, can I'm, whatever you want. You can't switch. I'm joking. Oh, oh yes, he can. He makes oh, the rules up. <laughs> yes, Mel. Craig, well, she says Craig, it's might, okay. Craig might have forgot this, but Mel has not. Right now. I bet you anything. Luke's got about seven ties coming up in the TV. I only have a couple ties. You <laughs> okay. should be very proud of me, Mel. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, what did I forget? I never forget anything. Forget that I make things up as I go along. Well, no, oh. I know that. <laughs> yeah, no, everyone I, knows that. But I've known you forever, and it's always happening. Dan, what do you have for worst movie of 2016? Well, I mean, you guys could have guessed it. It's Piss in the Jar of the Movie. It is Batman vs. Superman. I, I could not stand this movie on so many levels. First of all, the idea that... Superman is brooding because he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders and he's trying to be the hero of everyone. And these people don't necessarily want him to be their hero. Should there even be a Superman? Like all of these like moral quandaries and stuff like that, that they just keep shoving down our throat amidst having Henry Cavill just frown for 45 minutes. Oh, he's constipated. He's constipated. I, I, I can't, like, you have these super talented actors and you make them frown for two hours and 45 minutes. That That's these movies. There's zero fun in any of these movies. The, like, and, and then you have Batman, which Ben Affleck was an okay Bruce Wayne. I'll say that much. I didn't mind him as Bruce Wayne. That was fine. I know that... A lot of people had their issues with him heading in, but I thought he did an okay job. Considering that we're we're getting like a later in life stuff, and there's a lot of like things that are hinted at that the director has to later explain in interviews because nobody picked up on that and just everyone's got questions. Like, yeah, the Joker killed Robin. We see the suit, but you don't have you don't explain this to us you don't explain what's going on there everything is it just feels like Zack Snyder only saw like one superman movie one batman movie and then was like i can do this i don't know much about the characters but i can i can but put it's my all own about spin. mythology dan oh my gosh if i have to see Martha and Thomas Wayne get murdered one more time in a movie. <laughs> I'm going to become Batman. That <laughs> the logical progression. Anyways. So, um, I'm really excited for wonder woman. I'm really excited because I loved Gal Gadot in the fast and furious franchise. And I really liked her in this role. I think she's perfect for it. I think she brings that spark to the screen. I really hope it's not 45 minutes of her answering emails and fighting a monster because that's you what we got. In the... Oh, right, though. It's ridiculous. She is so talented that I think she can carry a franchise by herself. 
personally. That's just me. But even even the Flash stuff was bad. Well, and the fact that we got to see Aquaman, Cyborg, the Flash in these little clips. And the Aquaman one was just pathetic. Yeah, Bruce Wayne went to YouTube and, uh, yeah. well. Craig, worst movie of 2016? Oh, you know mine's going to be Batman versus Superman. I mean, in what world, in what world does one of the smartest men on Earth, and they played Superman early as being one of the smartest men on Earth, not realize that, gee, Batman has kryptonite, and guess what? After the first time that Batman just about kills him when he's blasts him with kryptonite, why in the hell would Superman, who has super breath, can throw a rock, you know, God knows how fast, can throw anything, can throw, put, drop a building on Batman, and all these other things he can do to Batman, why in the hell does he come within three feet of him again? Makes clearly no Martha. sense whatsoever. I mean, oh my God, he's with, no way in hell if you know this guy's got the one thing that can destroy you, do you come within three feet of him when you never have to? Not only that, in what in what universe? I've followed Superman since I was six years old back in 1950-something. Um, in what world does Batman not ever meet Superman when they're across the bay from each other? I mean, there are so many stupid things that take took me completely out of this movie. They're across the bay from each other. Batman is branding people with his little bat symbol, and Superman doesn't go over and say, look, you're as, as big a villain as these guys are. Stop it, or I'm going to put you in jail. I mean, he should be in jail with Lex Luthor. Batman, is, Batman has always been a dark hero, not a villain, and you don't go around branding people and consider yourself some kind of heroic figure. I mean, I just, I just didn't get anything of this movie. It made no sense whatsoever um and don't you guys think that it's sad that it, that dc in both suicide squad and batman v superman supposedly had better versions of this in the director's cut i think that it is a colossal mistake if you cannot produce a film in two hours that is worthy of being good and then have to have a director's cut to get bonus footage to try and bring it together. I think that is just terrible. Well, the other factor is this Batman versus Superman movie made a ton of money. But it clearly, if they had actual heroes that really could act, because I don't think there were, I think Amy Adams, as I recall, is the only, and Gal Gadot, probably Gal uh, the gal well, uh, uh, the the actress who played the senator, she's a very good actress. I can't. Well, Holly think Hunter, of, I yeah, love Holly, Holly Hunter. Hunter. I love Holly Hunter. There's no doubt about Holly Hunter being a really good actress. So, but her part was so lamed up, it didn't make any difference. I mean, she could have acted that perfectly, which she may have, and still not come up with. So it was. But they loaded up. I mean, I don't know. They're trying to do the Heath Ledger, Christian Bale thing again. Come up with a movie that was. Uh, was was so dark and so you know desperate that that it was gonna uh, it was going to follow this kind of pattern that they have, but they screwed it up because they didn't bring in great actors for the main characters. With you can't say Amy Adams or Holly Hunter were main characters. The main characters were the you know the superheroes in this. But so if you're gonna bring in those actors, then you make it a superhero movie. This is not a super superhero movie. This is this was just 
uh, you know, a desperate attempt to look dark and, and desperate. And I'm sorry, desperate attempt to look dark and desperate. That's kind of a, a little too much there. But anyway, regardless, this was this was an attempt at, at the, the dark world that they've been creating. But Superman and, and Batman almost never were that dark. They were not bad people. They were always heroes. So when you when you look back, the only thing that makes Superman a bad person is some form of kryptonite. Uh, Batman was again always a hero, even though he was a dark hero. So you come in there and you make you make a fun movie. You make it. You make some jokes. I mean, they've had these guys have had a relationship since 1933. They got to know each other a little bit about each other. You make this movie right. You make it like a. Uh, I hate to say this. You make it like uh, a Marvel movie by the Marvel company, and you're gonna you're going to be the biggest box office in history. They were still a huge box office, and the movie sucked. Can you imagine if they'd made this movie fun and interesting and, and everybody in the world wanted to watch this movie? Everybody in the world wants to see humor and fun and laughter and, and great fight scenes and, and these guys being, you know, this, this should have been the greatest bromance uh, movie, the buddy movie in history. It turned out But you to don't be, get the V if you hmm. do that, Craig. No, you can always throw Superman I'm getting... I know, but you can always throw Superman getting some... Some some V from True Blood or or it, <laughs> well speaking uh, of True Blood, Craig, thank you very much for that segue because we've got TV categories coming up. Really, and one of, oh, and, and one of those categories for me, one of my picks is someone from True Blood. TV, baby, come back. The character you most want back on your TV series, Mel. Who do you have? I want Abraham from The Walking Dead back because. I'm still sad over that whole Lucille bashing that my baby daddy, um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Negan did. And I just feel like we could have used him more. There was more I needed to see for him. I almost picked Glenn. And then I remembered how they fake killed him like seven times. And I was like, no, no, he's got to die. So yeah, Abraham walking dead. Okay. Dan, you already know who it is. Laure Dinah Laurel Lance. Oh dear God! Oh, God. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Always I, trying I... to save. Always trying to save the world. First of all, I'm getting her back, but I don't know in what capacity. So for that, I am excited. But I want her back on my screen. I want Black Canary out there. I want Laurel being the DA and doing her lawyer thing. I like Green Arrow needs its Black Canary. That like it's 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 a I comics. I have a that, question. Is this yes? this is this has nothing to do with the show, and this has everything to do with the comics, doesn't it? No, no, it actually has a lot to do with the show because at this point, Oliver is like, there's a certain level of Oliver that's slowly realizing, like, maybe I did you have be with feel Felicity. Maybe I did have feelings for Laurel, and I just like forgot. I think this is in your dreams. No, no, I get that it's in the I get that it's in the comics, but it's in the comics. It's in the 100th episode. It's in the way he's dealt with her death. It's the way he, it's in the conversation they had on her deathbed. There were I things should put you in a corner, Dan. They, there were things leading up to this. And plus their friendship during the first half of season four and in season three, it was a new take on Black Canary, Green Arrow. That was so refreshing to watch them, these two people who used to date, now are just friends, saving the world and having each other's backs. It is fantastic. And I think the show is lesser for it. Now, I'm enjoying the show, 
but it it's taken a lot to okay. get back to the point where I actually enjoy the show. Craig? Oh, I'm I'm all, all over Glenn. I love Glenn and he and the relationship between he and his, his lady love, I think, is uh, something I wanted to follow all the way through. And I like the fact, I like the fact that, that uh, comic book villains and heroes and graphic novel villains and heroes always come back. And I like the fact that they've saved his life. Do in... you really think Glenn's coming back? No, I don't think he's coming back okay. now. Since his head was smashed into a pulp, I don't think that's going to happen now. But that's the one I really wanted to come back. Obviously, Abraham's not coming back either, I guess. But Glenn, Glenn would have been the one that I would rather have back than than uh, Dad. I don't think Abraham or Glenn could either one come back. Neither one of them. But clearly, that's the guy I miss most uh, from from all of the shows. I mean, Glenn just I just liked the character. I mean, he was he was cool. He was smart. He was he always managed to find his way through to the end and to save his own life, save other people's lives. I mean, he was a true heroic character, not the dynamic characters that uh, some of these heroes are. He was kind of reserved, but boy, did he come through when it needed it. And I just love the character. And okay. I, I would rather see him on the show. Frankly. My baby comeback is Kingpin Vincent D'Onofrio from Daredevil. We do not have this category, and no, Mel, I will not add another category for you. You bet not. <laughs> um, but if there was a most disappointing TV series of the year, Daredevil would get it for me, season two. Aww. I Vincent D'Onofrio in the first season of Kingpin was amazing. That was, I would put Daredevil season one up against pretty almost anything in terms of it being fantastic and one of those reasons is because of vincent d'onofrio's kingpin season two felt like a mess it was disjointed there were different story arcs going on the one time that i really felt that daredevil season two was on track was when we got to see kingpin yeah and it wasn't long enough i really need season three to have Kingpin have a much larger presence. They, I don't care if they have another major villain that is in season three, but the Kingpin needs to come back and for, have a much larger presence than he did in season two. Kill them already. The character you want killed off or are most happiest is gone. Mel. So this is really like two categories in one. Either way, um. well, the reason why I did it is the reason why I did that is because I was extremely happy that Laura was killed off on Arrow, oh. but uh -huh. she's now she's back, so oh. technically it could be she could also be gone. So I just it's sort of a hybrid category, okay. but she's not my pick. Uh, um, the character I most want dead is Negan from The Walking Dead, and which I know is strange for me to say that since he's portrayed by my baby's daddy, Jeffrey Jean Morgan. But I've had about all I can stand of Negan because it's just the same repetitive, I hate you and I'm going to kill you unless you do what I say. I'm going to get really serious when I say this so you know that I mean business. And then we're going to be back to that happy but scary kind of thing again. I'm over it. I'm done. I don't want to see any more. Let's just kill him and move on. He's one of my dishonorable mentions. Uh, Dan, who do you have? I am so glad this character is gone. Kendra Morgan hit the road. or I'm sorry, not Ken Kendra Saunders hit the road. Seriously. 
from uh, Flash and Legends Tomorrow. She just got on my last nerve and ate the Hawk show one. so hard. The Hawks, just her and then Hawkman, uh, Carter, they both just ate this show that was otherwise pretty fun. Like, you had Rip Hunter being a little serious at times, but then you had Captain Cold being silly. And then you had White Canary, you know, being her, like, awesome self, and Ray being a nerd. And, like, you had these awesome characters, but Kendra ate the show. Like, I've never seen a character that I've disliked more. And I, I, I'm i focusing on her instead of Carter because Carter left for like long periods of time and Kendra just kind of stuck around for and long so, periods of time. Oh, that was the worst. <laughs> I'm so glad she's gone. I'm so glad they flew away. Bye bye, Birdie. Like, seriously, get out. Okay. Ugh. Craig, who do you have for Kill Them Already? Honest to God, I didn't mind the, the Hawks that much i they were I wasn't awful enthralled they by were the them, worst I, oh, the uh, only thing worse was rip hunter oh i like but rip go hunter. ahead craig oh, so who do you want who do you want you're completely off? wrong with rip hunter because i really like that guy I, I like him as an actor and like him as a character but uh hawks yeah i didn't mind him i would didn't enthrall so them. who do you have as your choice though oh okay my choice uh trying to keep you on track well clearly it's negan he's he we have this is the only show I can ever say that, that I can remember ever just taking off my DVR because of that whole storyline. We will, we will not even watch it. I mean, it, it's just so bad, so horrible, and he's just totally screwed up the show. He's a one-dimensional character that somebody should have shot by now. On either side, somebody should have shot this idiot. I love Jeff, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I would never want to meet the person. I would never want to meet the child of Negan, so... Um, but Jeffrey D. Morgan, I thought was a great, was a great addition to Supernatural, but he just, like, like, I gotta, I gotta agree with Mel on this one. He's just, he's awful. The character is just, uh, there's just nothing to him except this. Um, and I'm sure he's such a good actor. I'm sure he's doing a great job with what he was told to do. And maybe he follows the comic book series or the graphic novel series, but oh my God. When he walks, the scene where he walks up to the fence and nobody, you can't see inside. Somebody should have shot him. Some, there should have been a shot ring out. He dies. They cut the head off the snake. There's nobody else in that group, the bad group, that's going to take his place. But it, it just could become so incredibly stupid to me that I can't, I can't stand it, can't watch it. Now, several people I know just stop, stop watching the show. It just And the ratings are down. They've dropped like a mm -hmm. crap load. Of, 17 million on the first show. To 11 million now or less i suspected that negan was going to be on people's list so i went with someone else also from daredevil um this is an actress who i enjoyed on true blood but whose character on daredevil especially in season two she was fine in season one but in season two i just want karen page dead oh she was so annoying i just i couldn't do it i there was a lot that was wrong with Daredevil season two and Karen page was one of those problems for me. Every hero needs a sidekick. Best sidekick of 2016 Mel. I have Claire temple from Luke cage. She's a Rosario Dawson's character. If you need to get bullet fragments out of your impenetrable skin, Claire temple is your girl. 
If you need to drain all your power so you can recharge and come back, Claire Temple is your girl. You need to run away from the cops. Claire Temple is your girl. She had Luke Cage's back the whole series, and it was just enough of her. I felt like they didn't oversaturate it with her. And she's everyone else's sidekick, too. Jessica Jones, Daredevil. Daredevil. Come on. She's the ultimate sidekick. She's got everybody's back. I love it. Great pick. Dan? I'm going Sarah Lance. I think one of the best signs of a great sidekick is the progression to become the main hero. And that's what we got to see with Sarah between seasons one and two of Legends of Tomorrow. I I think her rise to become captain after spending the the first season as kind of Rip Hunter's right-hand woman, um, just being a hero and kicking butt and providing a lot of good guidance to not only the team but Rip um, – while going through her own stuff with her sister and her dad and her whole family and Oliver's stuff um, and her stuff with Snart. It, uh, overall, just it was a good year to be Katie Lotz and Yes, Sarah it was. Lance. She had a good year. Yes. She did. Craig, who do you have as best sidekick? But my pick is going to be kind of a twist here because it's uh, mine's going to be probably as, as a big big category i would say any of the sidekicks on big bang theory sheldon is my favorite sidekick ever and uh, but is there is there a hero on that one yeah leonard is the hero he got the he got this beautiful girl is his girlfriend everybody he, he basically is the central character that everything revolves around so yeah sheldon is his sidekick uh the other two characters who who have this homoerotic thing going on um even though they're both supposed to be straight, they kind of uh, everybody is is basically Leonard's sidekick, with the exception maybe of Penny, which is his main squeeze. So uh, it's got to be Sheldon is just an amazing character and one of the best characters uh, on television. He's up there with uh, uh, with Michael Richards in in Seinfeld. He's such a tremendous character. That guy will live forever as that character. And of course, he's gotten. He's overexposed now because he's on every commercial in the world. But it's got to be, got to be Sheldon. Uh, he just make he that just, moolah, make that moolah. They they're making the three main characters are making over a million dollars per episode. I'm sorry, that makes them heroes. <laughs> okay, uh, my sidekick is Elijah Wood as Todd Brotsman in Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency on BBC I America. I knew that was coming, Luke. I knew that was coming. From what I understand, the TV show is nothing like the books or very little of it is like the books. But I have thoroughly enjoyed this series because it's just totally nuts. You watch an episode of Dirk Gently, and it is just nuts. And Elijah Wood, who still, I don't know how old he is now, but still looks 12, is a hilarious sidekick. Mention the fact that he was Frodo in Lord of the Rings. He was Frodo, but how many years ago was that, you know? I mean, he still looks 12. And the the range of expressions he goes through as they're trying to solve this mystery, from fury to humor to anger to the fa- to the admission of what he's done to his sister and his parents, it he he does a really good job, and it's a fun character. If you've read the books, you might be disappointed in the series. But... No, I've read the books, loved the books. 
yes, it's a, it's quite a bit different, but it still captures that. Oh my God, I can't believe what happened last. I, I have not, I have not felt what the fuck is going or what the frack <laughs> is going on since Lost. Like I'm watching this and I'm like, this show is nuts. I, absolutely nuts and i'm there for every single minute of it it is like lost combined with orphan black with like some sort of uh, time travel show that is also nuts which i suppose could still be lost it's just nuts if you haven't watched it it takes a little bit to i mean to get into it just because every episode is like what the world is going on and elijah wood is part of the reason why it's so much fun Biggest frack up, Mel. My biggest frack up is Cottonmouth from Luke Cage, and let me tell you why. He he committed the <laughs> ultimate frack up, okay? Symptom when he told Alfred Wood his character, he says, "That's right, you wanted it when you dress like that." As soon as he said that, I sat here and I said, "Uh oh, you didn't effed up now." I didn't know exactly what was coming after that, and he got what he deserved. But that was the ultimate. Uh oh. You'd have done it to yourself now. You got everything you dubbed. You deserve a frack it up like that. Don't ever tell no woman no stuff like that. Y'all hear me? Everybody out there. So there you go. That's like telling someone to settle down. Mm. It doesn't usually work well. <laughs> uh, Dan, biggest frack up of 2016. I mean, I don't think there's a character that screwed up as much as he did, as much as Barry Allen. Cyber high five because he's mine too. I I've never seen someone screw up as much as possible and then complain for having to go and fix all of the things that he screwed up and then. But he was such a well-intentioned screw up, Dan. Oh, of course he was so well-intentioned, but it doesn't like he still screwed up regardless of his intentions. Like, and not only that, but to complain that you're having to fix the things that you screwed up and then also complain if you can't fix the things that you screwed up as a result of your own decision-making. Um, I, I can't deal with him. He like, uh, the redemption portion of his character, I'm sure would be great if they weren't doing the uh, Franco Baldwin whitewashing by having him like, oh, I'm going to give myself up to the, I'm going to, I'm going to save the day. And suddenly people like me, Luke Mel, three of us on this podcast know what that reference is. Everybody else will not. Fair enough. Uh... You you get what I'm saying (laughs) though, where it's like, they're like, he screwed up royally. Like, People's lives are completely changed because of him. And you're going to sit there and just be moody about like, oh, I have to, I screwed up so bad. I have to fix everything, but I can't. And oh, this burden. Oh my gosh. What am I going to do? It's like, shut up, shut up, take a Xanax and sit down. Craig, biggest frack up of 2016. Oh, the biggest frack up for me was Arrow in Invasion, the the idea. And the one guy I can always predict is, uh, other guy I can always predict is Iron Man. He's always going to do certain things. I can always predict what Arrow's going to do. He's going to do what it takes to get things done. Always. Um, Arrow, in telling Supergirl to stay behind in one of the, 
in a battle that could affect the entire face of the planet. He tells the most powerful being in the universe at that point in time to stay home while he goes and fights, who has no superpowers, goes and fights these horrible, terrible aliens that could destroy the planet. How stupid, how monumentally stupid is that? That he's going to leave the tank at home and go fight a tank battle. You know, leave the gun at home, go fight a knife battle with a with a bunch of AK-47, with people that have AK-47. You don't leave Supergirl at home. You don't. You take let the chips fall where they may and take your huge... Uh, your biggest weapon with you. And I just, it totally threw me out of that show. It's, it's, I, I like the Arrow series, totally threw me out of Arrow. And I, it made no sense whatsoever. And I'm going to say that is the biggest screw up, bigger than, bigger than Superman getting within three feet of Batman, who obviously has kryptonite. That's the biggest one. It, to this second, it makes no sense to me. Well, for me, it's also Barry Allen, as I mentioned. That one scene with Arrow and Supergirl, for me, does not register in comparison to the havoc that Barry Allen has caused by going back in time to save his mother. Yeah, but it's like, uh, we, it's like Dan seen, said. I, I'm not, no, I'm, so I'm, giving my I'm giving my explanation now. I'm, I'm not debating yours. He's changed people's lives. He's changed children's, he's changed children's genders. He's, he's done all this stuff. And... Through all, throughout it all, he's so well-intentioned. And I'm like, as someone who's well-intentioned, who's had their share of frack-ups over the years, um, I sort of can relate to Barry Allen, which is probably why I'm picking him. He really screwed things up this year. The Buffy Summers Hero of the Year for 2016, Melody. Jon Snow. He knows nothing, but um, he does a really... I was going to... I thought about him having him as my biggest frack. <laughs> look, look, we didn't say how he got to be a hero. All right. We're not, we're not going to discuss all of that. Okay. It's not brains. It's, no, but that that's okay. He can fight pretty well with the sword. He can lead his men and he gets the job done. We might kill a lot of people all along the way, but it don't matter because the job gets done. There we go. Okay. Dan. I'm going with Leonard Snart. Straight up, uh, he saved all of time and saved his team and died in the process. And I really, really, really miss him and want him back, not as a hallucination in Mick's head. Holy cow, was I disappointed this week. Oh my gosh. Like, bringing the character back on contract don't bring the character it's just like a hallucination like oh i can't deal with it but he was great i loved him and at wentworth miller is always amazing craig oh. the buffy summers hero of the year oh the, the hero of the year has got to be this guy's seen some shit and he's somehow managed to get through it all that's going to be james gordon in gotham he is the biggest i mean He's made it through some horrible, horrible times, losing his girlfriend, having another girlfriend killed, about honest to God, and he keeps on plugging. And we all know where he's headed. He's headed, headed to be Commissioner Gordon. To keep on plugging. Yeah, keep on plugging. <laughs> plugging everyone else and everyone he knows getting plugged. I mean, it, Gotham is such a great TV show, and he is such a great hero that you know if Negan would be dead, already 
and things would have worked out if James Gordon had been on Walking Dead. Guarantee it. Uh, my Buffy Summers Hero of the Year award is 11 from Stranger Things. Ooh. I think that yes. that character was so refreshing. She said so much with her eyes and her mannerisms without even speaking. And the moments when she did speak, it was it either conveyed a spine of steel strength or immense vulnerability and she did so well in it so for me she's a superhero of the year the jeffrey uh the joffrey baratheon villain of the year award melody well we've been talking a lot about negan i originally had him but i think i'm gonna change my mind and i'm gonna do um ramsey bolton because good god he was awful you know from raping sansa and killing Everyone pretty much killed his own father. I mean, the guy was deplorable this year. I mean, he finally got his comeuppance, but he's definitely a character where you knew he was going to die. You knew it was going to happen. You just didn't exactly know when. And I was very happy when they finally offed him. So there we go. And with the way Game of Thrones is, he died faster than I expected. Yeah, that's true. It was a very satisfying death, but I thought that we would have him for maybe another season. Uh, Dan, who do you have? Uh, Barry Allen. <laughs> okay. So you're one of those he people. Is Dan, like... is Dan is clearly like, weird. Like, I mean, if I really wanted to pick someone aside from Barry Allen, I was going to go with Mariah from Luke Cage. But seriously, though, Barry, I can't, I can't handle him. I can't deal. I'm so excited for Wally West. More him, less you. That that's the kind of second half of the season that I want. I don't know. My only my only concern about that is I still don't trust HR, so I'm worried about what HR's motives for Wally really are. True. Uh, Craig, the uh, who is your villain of the year? You know, I always love podcasts when there are some some weird differences in in the people and the characters. And Dan is it. (laughs) (laughs) I've been called far worse. Thank you very much. (laughs) That one didn't even register on me. I said, what? What is he saying? Is he on the wrong category? Oh, my God. I've heard a lot of people, like, you see a lot of memes about uh, Barry Allen being DC's greatest villain. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, I can see it, but it's it's tongue in cheek for most of them. Dan really means it. Oh, that's that's a whole level of magnitude. He is passionate. Yes. Exactly. Me too. And Who I'm, are you passionate about? I am absolutely stunningly, incredibly passionate, and everyone that I say this to, it, it, you know, agrees. So far, you guys won't obviously because we're. I we're, reserve the right not. Penguin, to. Penguin is an inc- honest to God. He. I have never seen Penguin done better from the original TV show back in the 60s to today. Penguin has never been done better, never been done worse than t- Tim, Tim Burton's Penguin. This Penguin is awesome. Every single thing he does surprises the absolute hell out, hell, hell out of me. This relationship that he has with Enigma, who's going to be the Riddler, I'm sure, is is. It's creepily, amazingly good and bad all at the same time. So <laughs> I love the, okay. love the penguin. <laughs> My villain of the year is also Ramsey Bolton because what he did to Sansa, everybody who's listened to us discuss Game of Thrones knows I'm a big Sansa fan. And 
what he did to her was terrible, the both physically and mentally. And when she got to watch him or watch the dogs eat him, I it was like, this is awful and yet amazing all at the same time because no one deserves it more. I have not enjoyed a death that much since Laurel Lane. You should have had that should have been oh. a category. the most amazing death of the year. <laughs> that would have been I ship them. I really ship them. <laughs> Favorite couple of the year, Melody. Um, I really love my Barry Allen and Iris West on the flash Aww. because it doesn't matter which universe, which time frame, how bad he's screwed up everything. Those two still love each other and they always seem to find each other. They always come through for one another. I love their chemistry. They are beautiful and I ship it like FedEx. There we go. Okay. Dan, who are you shipping like UPS? Frank Castle and Karen Page. Oh my gosh. I was not anticipating that. I like Karen was okay in season one, but season two, I kind of really liked her dynamic with Frank and there was like this chemistry there where like Frank is the worst person on earth, like just deplorable beyond deplorable. And it like the way he was killing people and the brutality. And then Karen starts investigating more and it's like the PS PTSD and all of these different reasons and all this stuff. And she kind of starts understanding things and making sense of things and getting close to him. And I was just kind of like, there's something there. There is, there is, there is a spark there and I want to see more of it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Craig. Um, Who's your favorite couple of two favorite couple? I still love Larry. Uh, love Leonard and Penny from big bang theory. That is my, I researched couples for an hour and couldn't come up with anything better than Leonard and Penny. I just love those two together. It's so unlikely, and yet it works out so well, and it's so fun to watch. Still one of my favorite shows to watch is, is Big Bang Theory. So, got to say, it, that's it for me. I am a sucker for comic, superhero, and sci-fi couples, so I had to go back through my Instagram profile to see which ones i'd put on instagram has shipping them and there were a number and <laughs> so i'm like oh this is not going to help me decide much but what i came down to was nancy wheeler and jonathan byers on stranger things i really need them to get together in season two because their relationship in season one even though it didn't get to romantic you obviously knew that Jonathan would have liked that. And you, you saw that she had feelings for him in a certain way. And the way the episode ended, I'm like, okay, season two, these two have to be together. Kick that ass. Best fight scene of 2016. Melody. It is the battle of the bastards on game of thrones. Hell to you the have yeah. have Jon Snow. And the wall, the House of Stark on one side, and you have Ramsley Bolton on the other side. And they are fighting for Winterfell, which is the Stark's rightful home. And that whole scene was jaw-dropping. It was amazing just to see how well it was directed and it was shot and cinematography and everything. Like, I still think about it. I'm like, Game of Thrones does such a good job. And they usually do that, too. 
usually every, you know, penultimate episode or the final episode of the season, it's something that is just breathtaking. You don't really see on television. And I just thought it was fantastic. It was amazing. And Sansa saved the day. Dan, who do you have or what do you have as kick that ass? Oh, my gosh. That that prison fight scene, though. Uh, Daredevil season two. You had Frank Castle locked up. You had Kingpin pulling the strings. And you had an entire wing of prisoners just trying to kill Frank. And he takes them all out one by Oh, my gosh. That was amazing. Well, like Marvel Netflix can choreograph some of the best fight scenes you'll find. And that that one did it for me. Okay, Craig. Oddly enough, I am absolutely stunned by the, the fight scene. Selena Kyle starts in the bar on Gotham this year. I just absolutely love that fight scene. It just seemed to fit the show terrifically. And the character just it was amazing in it. And so that's my favorite. Okay. I also picked Battle of the Bastards, Game of Thrones. Mel, it was wonderful. Everything that you said from Jon Snow, though he's an idiot, he's an absolute idiot. And if it hadn't been for Sansa, he would have died. But the fight scene, the hand-on-hand combat, then how they brought in the cavalry when Sansa's um, men arrived, loved every single second of it and then when you get to the end and they do the aerial shot and you see the mountain of bodies i wonder how much that budget has just for like day players Mm -hmm. because think about being the person who has to be stuck out there uh, in the scenes while that is all going on definitely best fight scene for me best scene where someone's ass wasn't whooped mel I really liked in Stranger Things where we finally got to see the upside down when Nancy crawls through the tree and everything's, you know, mirror image and there's the stuff floating all over where you see the creature and everything. And Will has to go in and save her. I not Will, sorry. And Jonathan has to go in and save her. I just really liked that scene and it came at the end of an episode. And I know because I was like, I'm just going to watch this one episode and I'm going to go to bed. And that's not what happened because she went into the upside down and then I had to watch the rest. So um, <laughs> it was it's pretty fantastic. And I really like that series a lot. But for a scene where somebody didn't get their ass beat, it was pretty good. Dan, best scene where someone's ass wasn't whooped. I I'm going to say it happened last week during the crossover in Arrow 100 where everyone. Moral. No, everyone goes through the portal. Oliver turns around and there are the holograms of all of the people that whose lives he is affected. And, you know, you everyone's saying stuff. You got Tommy Merlin back. You got Roy Harper back. You got Moira back. Felicity seems super out of place. I'm just going to throw that one out there because every like most of the characters there were like dead people. And I was kind of like that. That seems like a place where you might stick like, I don't know, shadow or like some like a, a character who isn't in his day to day as often as Felicity is. I'm just throwing okay. that one out there. Um, You know, Robert and just everyone fit and it it just 
it was this really emotional moment of this is Oliver's responsibility. This is Oliver's passion going forth and, you know, affecting people's lives in this way, but doing it for the right reasons and doing this whole mission and just, I, I couldn't get enough of it. I, I thought that was a perfect stamp on the first 100 episodes and the legacy that started the Berlanti verse. Craig, best scene where someone's ass wasn't whooped. Oh, the best. I think a lot of the best scenes of this last year were in the new TV show, Stranger Things. There were so many wonderful scenes in there where people are like, uh, they're hiding from the creature underground or, but one of the best scenes was when, when, uh, when the mother of the, uh, the, the uh, child that has been, is lost is in the in the the room, and all of a sudden the lights on the wall, the Christmas lights, the Christmas light, light, light scene. Light oh, that was amazing! That was stunning, and and it's just stuck in my memory. And so that is that is clearly my favorite scene of the year. My best scene of the year, where someone's ass wasn't whooped, was Sans, Sansa and Jon's reunion on Game of Thrones. Without question, my favorite scene of the year. It had taken so many years for us to get them to that point. And to just have them together in a quiet moment after they've struggled for so long. Absolutely loved it. I still have it on my DVR. I plan on getting it the sixth season on DVD. Absolutely loved it. Gets better with age. The most improved TV show of 2016. Melody. Okay, so I think I'm the only person that still watches the show, and that's fine with me because I still enjoy it. Um, I thought Grimm had a really good recovery this season. Oh, it did. Yeah. It did, and I'm still watching Thank it. We'll you. have to discuss it sometime. Thank you, because it, it gotten a little bit wonky with the whole, you know, Juliet's not Juliet anymore, and there's that the, the girl that looked like Juliet, but she was created by... Uh, I don't even remember what what villain they're fighting anymore, but that's not the point. So it, it gotten a little bogged down and... Um, in its own universe, I would say. But this season, it finally came together because they finally found, spoiler alert, they finally found all of the keys to the map and they found what, you know, the Grimm's over the years had been hiding. And it's basically, you know, I think it's a piece of the the staff, you know, Jesus' staff, but that's not a point. Um, that, you know, uh, heals people, but, you know, with great magic comes great responsibility, basically. So okay. I think... It was really interesting, and I know this last this last season, this is going to be it. So I'm excited to see how it ends. But for me, it just it was so much better than it had been in a long time this season. So there we go. Okay, Dan, it gets better with age. Best improved show or, or most improved show, I should say. You know, if you had told me that I was going to pick this show when it its previous season ended, I I would have probably laughed. But holy cow, Arrow. The the last episode before, you know, the 20, it starts back up in 2017 was some of the best stuff I've ever seen that show do. And the way that they've gone about things where they have this entire new set of recruits that I was kind of like super, not really into. And I'm, I was, I was just happy that, Olicity was finally over. 
holy cow, were they eating the show? And you have failed this podcast, my friend. <laughs> I'm just saying, I could This not... Olicity hate is going to have to stop or you will have failed this podcast. I'm, I'm just saying, hey, 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 there, there have been many a, a ship in uh, confidential podcast history that have been controversial at times or not controversial at times. And I... I'm I'm just I guess adding to that maybe a little bit. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But needless to say, so I I felt that they were eating the show, and I really I like them better as friends, anyways. And then all of the twists and stuff happen on with uh, the most recent episode, and I'm like, holy cow, they can never be together ever again. And we had all of the, these awesome character moments, and Stephen Amell is doing some of the best acting he's done in the last five years. This is fantastic. You got Dave, like, everyone brought their A game for um, this particular season, and it's been fantastic. David Ramsey is on fire. Uh, Willa Holland is doing great stuff, even though they kind of have her sidelined a bit. Um, uh, Emily Bett Ricards is fantastic. Some of the new guys, uh, Rick Gonzalez, uh, um, Echo Kellum playing Curtis is fantastic. Overall, just that entire cast really is gelling together and bringing one of the best shows on television right now. Okay. Craig, it gets better with age. Most improved show of 2016. I'm going to say Flash. I did not like Flash. Honest to God, I have never liked Flash. Uh, I'm I'm getting I'm warming up to it now. I'm finally Barry Allen and the angst thing that uh, Dan was talking about. Not so and, all the angst that Cra- that Dan and I are not appreciating your love. Yeah, it actually makes it it actually makes his character interesting for the first time. I didn't think the show was interesting when it started. I did, you know I I watched it because everybody said oh you got to watch it because it'll probably get better and sure enough, oh, all the other shows have pretty much stayed the same for, for me. Arrow is pretty static, you know, in, in a good way. Arrow's one of my favorites. Um, the, um, but Flash, I'm finding it when, when the first season ended and Barry Allen's dad is dead and all that kind of stuff. I was like, yuck, I, I can do without this, but this one started up and all of a sudden Barry Allen's dad comes back and goes away. And, and now we, now anything can happen. So other than the fact, and that's the one thing I don't like about it, we got the multiverse and you can bring in anybody at any time. You can have half a dozen different, HRs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Still, it makes it interesting. It makes it a show where, again, even though it's bad, but it's also good, anything can happen, and I like that. And so I'm interested in seeing what does happen. I wasn't last year, so yeah, I'll give that most improved. Okay. I This is my first tie. The fact that I've gotten through this far into a podcast, a year-end podcast with, with no ties, is impressive, Mel. <laughs> Regardless of no, what you have to say this about is one it, of my it's top not. Of the year. Let me tell you why it's not, okay, Luke? Oh, because I expect you to do these things. All right, it's gonna be. We're gonna have We've had how many categories without a tie? One, but me as Luke Kerr, I'm gonna have a tie. Every uh, other have I said anywhere where you could only choose one? I did not say that. He does allow ties. I've been. I've been I have never said that. Many, many years. <laughs> But I, I'm patting myself on the back because this is my first By time. Yourself. 
my my gets better with age is Legends of Tomorrow because the first season was just terrible. I watched it because of the tie-ins, but it was just terrible television. The Hawks, Vandal Savage, uh, Rip Hunter, all of them were bad. This season has been 100% turnaround. It is fun to watch. I love the fact that they've gone episodic uh, with the vil- very much more episodic with the episode themes with a, a lighter touch on the overarching villain. I've been really impressed. The other one that I've been impressed or was impressed with this year was Dark Matter on sci-fi. The first season on it wasn't as good as Killjoys and I really love Killjoys season one. But those two sort of flipped into with their second seasons. Dark Matter improved and Killjoys felt off. So I do want to um, recognize Dark Matter for that as well. Best new show of 2016, Mel. Stranger Things, Netflix. What a fantastic eight-episode roller coaster ride. It was just enough to make you want seven more seasons. But enough to make you go, all right, you know what? That was cool. I understand everything that was going on. If this is all we got, then that's cool too. You know what I mean? So, and I felt like just the show itself was kind of, you know, kind of original, but it was a throwback as well. You know, it's all the nostalgia. It's like, um, um, stand by me with the kids. It's got an ET vibe to it. Um, the I, I really enjoyed it. Winona Ryder redeemed herself for stealing all that stuff from sex. I mean, come on. And she stole some scenes. She did. At least she's not stealing clothes no more. She's stealing scenes. So how about that, Winona? But the show was great. <laughs> the kids are even better little actors. I was so impressed with them. I cannot wait for the second season whenever it happens. This show kind of really took the universe by storm. So I I just thought it was fantastic. If you haven't watched it, please watch it. I have watched it twice, and I usually don't do that. I rarely do I watch a series twice, and that one made me watch it twice in the same month. So there we go. Dan, best new show of 2016. Mel stole everything I was going to (laughs) say. I'm totally going Stranger Things. That was amazing. You know, I wasn't completely sold on, like, Oh, what's this new show? Oh, it's it's like the, uh, a sci-fi meets like what what what's going on? But then I started watching. I'm like, okay, '80s throwback. I like this. Oh, th- these kids. I like this. Like Winona Ryder, not stealing stuff. And uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, but she she was fantastic, and the actor who played the sheriff was fantastic, mm. and I just. I couldn't get enough of this show. It took every, like Mel said, it took everyone by storm. Like everything. There's cosplay of people doing the wall of Christmas lights. Uh, you know, you've reached it when at comic cons, you have cosplay for a wall of Christmas lights. I'm pretty sure I, I need to buy some stock in like egos or something, because that probably went up like threefold. Craig, best new show of 2016. I completely agree. Steven Spielberg meets Stephen King meets, Meets Clive Barker, meets, uh, meets, um, I mean, it's just, it's just wonderful. It was interesting. It was intriguing every single moment. You can't wait to see what's going to happen next. There are all these twists and turns, even, even kind of a, a, um, um, paranormal factor in it. So you just don't know where it's heading, how it's going to work out. And, uh, 
it's just great. It's just one of the best shows I've ever seen. Okay. Mine is also Stranger Things, so it's unanimous. Stranger Things is Geek Confidential's best new show of 2016. For everything that you guys have already said, it had heart, it had um, mystery, it had horror. Um, I'm not a big horror fan, but I was able to handle it. Um, and I love the nostalgia. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Female, TV female entertainer of 2016, Melody. Oh, let's see what we got here. Oh, I have uh, Tatiana Maslany from Orphan Black because she finally got the credit that she deserved when she won that Emmy. And I didn't think they were going to give it to her because the show, first of all, it's a BBC America show. It is a sci-fi show. You know how they feel about genre shows don't don't, have good luck. They do not do well. And also with that show, it's more of performance as a whole rather than look at this really great moment, which is more of what the Emmy is about. But I can go on about that forever. But she deserves it because she plays about mm, 52 characters a show and she does it flawlessly because half the time I forget that she's not that, you know, Sarah is Helena is Kasima is playing a man is playing this other character is playing this other character and this other one too. You know what I mean? So, yep. She does such a great job. She's deserved it for years. I can't even think of giving it to anyone else because the amount of work she puts into one episode is sometimes more than people do in 23 episodes. So I have to give it to her. Damn. Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things. Oh, my gosh. For For a character that has so few of lines, she is able to express so much in her eyes. And so much in her facial expressions and so much of the way she, like, when she does talk, the tone of her voice conveys so much of what she went through. And some of the stuff she had to do go through with all of the flashbacks and the government doing the experiments on her and all of the stuff dealing with, uh, you know, the fry cook at the beginning and Mike and his friends toward the middle and the bullies and just in her powers everything about the the journey of 11 was so well choreographed and millie bobby brown is such a talent and we're i i'm so glad that these kids are at the age where we can still watch them as kids but we're about to see some big stars break out in the coming Absolutely. years. Absolutely, And I think that's Craig. a huge thing to take away from the show as a whole. Absolutely. Craig, female entertainer of 2016. Oh, I'm going to have to give it to Kathy. Oh, excuse me, not Kathy. Kaylee Kuko from, uh, from Big Bang Theory. She is, she is my favorite, favorite female on TV. I mean, I just, I just love her. I love watching her. I love, I love the fact that she's got all these, crazy things going around her and she she manages to be uh all, all things to everybody and um i think she's just terrific and I, I first i finally got a chance to give her some credit so that's that's gonna be it love the love the picks everybody else made i do but for some penny just stands out as is a, a tremendous character and she has for years and years melody and i are on the same page tatiana maslani absolutely a highlight of 2016, her winning the Emmy for a role. She should have won it last year. She deserved to win it both years. 
she plays so many characters and you don't even realize it because she moves between them so flawlessly it is something to behold if you've never watched orphan black you need to watch this show just to see the master class that she does in every single episode with the many characters she portrays Male Entertainer of 2016. Mel. Um, I kind of just went with my old standby, which is Andrew Lincoln from The Walking Dead. He plays Rick. Uh, he always kind of takes you on a journey. He has these really expressive eyes, and it tells more of a story than what he's doing. And he does a lot on the episode. And half the time watching him, I'm tired. I'm like, whew, you wear me out, Rick. You wear me out. But I think he always does a great job. So there we go. Okay. Dan. I'm going with Mike Coulter. The things he was able to portray, I I don't know as an audience member. I was if if I was really prepared heading in. I mean, the struggles and hardships and the journey he went on through through his life as Luke Cage and even before he became quote unquote Luke Cage with his family and prison and all those experiments and the Fight Club and dealing with having these powers and. Just in living in the Marvel universe where powers are such like a taboo subject of like either people like really are appreciative or like, oh, my gosh, I my family was in the incident and they were crushed. And all of these like this character was really, really just a really important piece to the puzzle of the Marvel universe and for Netflix shows as a whole. And. He knocked it out of the park. Absolutely fantastic. And I I need more Luke Cage. Craig, male entertainer of 2016. Well, interestingly, in any other year but this one, I would have been right with her with, with Mel on Andrew Lincoln because I just thought he was terrific. But this year, because the show has deteriorated so much, I can't watch it. I can't give him any credit. So what was but your... My pick is going to be uh, Ben McKenzie from, from Gotham, James Gordon. Because, like I said, that guy has gone through so much horror, and for some reason, he sell this, sells this character better than anybody sells any character. He sells that poor James Corden so well that you, you believe all this has actually happened to him. There are times where he looks beaten to hell and gone, but he always manages to survive and come back. And as a character and as an actor, he's just my favorite James Gordon so, and favorite character. So that's him. My male entertainer of the year is Robin Lord Taylor as Oswald Cobblepot on oh. Gotham. He's brilliant. Yes. The what he does in that role in every single episode, the the balance of insanity and humanity is a tightrope and he walks it. Gotham is not necessarily my favorite show. It's not a show that is like first on my list to watch. I and unlike Craig, I'm not a, Gord a big Gordon fan. I like the character, but he is no reason for me to watch. I When I watch, I'm watching for Bruce Wayne and uh, little Catwoman, uh, eventual Catwoman. And I find that if, of the adults, it, it always comes back to Penguin. He does such a good job. What's going on with him and Enigma <laughs> this season has been a very interesting storyline. And he does a bang-up job every single time. Cancel it already. Worst show of the year. Melody. Sleepy Hollow. 
for that trash of when they killed Abby Mills and we want to go on with the show. Like everything is fine. We're just going to bring in somebody else and it's just going to work out just great. Yeah, no, no, it's not. The show sucks. It should have been canceled and I hope it does terribly. How about that? I understand your sentiment completely. Dan. Uh, I really don't understand the sustainability or thought process that went into creating the show frequency. Um, it's, it's on the CW. It comes on after arrow. I want to say, and basically the whole premise is like, so there's this female cop who plays around. It's based on yeah. the movie, right? I mean, it's the base, same premise. Dennis yeah. Quaid. Yeah. Dennis Quaid yeah. Movie. Yeah, yeah. It's basically the same premise. But the thing is, every single time she talks to her dad in the past, something changes and like either he's alive or he's dead or like some she doesn't know. Like what what's the thought process? What is the story Bible that goes into creating a show like that? What what do you hope to accomplish ratings wise if you don't have a plan heading into the future? Like, I, I I don't understand it. It makes no sense. I don't understand the appeal. You already have a gazillion different shows going on this, this half of 2016 alone where time travel is, like, a present premise of which, you know, people are using that and such. Um, and I, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it whatsoever. Craig? Cancel it already. Worst show of 2016. This is, this is well, oh, worst show. Well, worst show is Fear of the Walking Dead. That is, I don't really want them to cancel because I love hate watching. I love watching it and saying I hate it. But, but uh, so if I was going to have a tie, it'd be The Walking Dead and Fear of the Walking Dead because Walking Dead has just gone to hell as far as I'm concerned. I absolutely hate it, but it, it may not reach the hatred I have of the Fear of Walking Dead, but I watch it because of that. So. See, I expected both you and Mel to pick Fear the Walking Dead. I was surprised that Fear the Walking Dead did not get higher. Well, like I said, it's on it's, Mel's list. It's, it's right the under there. Of, yeah, it's right oh, there. Yeah, okay. maybe it's it's so anyway. Yeah, it's either one of those. And this is a guy who's loved Walking Dead for years and years. So uh, that's saying the Walking Dead should be canceled is 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 really awful. Mine is also the Walking Dead. I w- watched it loyally from the beginning last season i found myself well i like the alexandria storyline because it brought people together because in the previous season everybody had been so disjointed and in separate stories i liked alexandria because it brought people back together but i found myself like sort of fading from it and this season with what happened in the premiere with glenn negan i feel like the walking dead rather than focusing on character has gone into like violence porn almost. And that's something for a show that has killed off and slaughtered as many people as it has. And so I get why a lot of people are still watching it, but I feel like they have lost, it has lost a lot of the sense of family. It's lost a lot of the, I mean, what little sense of hope it still had I want these people to end up somewhere, and this show has been going on for a very long time. If characters like Glenn keep getting killed off, who is left to root root for in the end? It it doesn't deserve. I mean, it doesn't deserve, in my opinion, 
the ratings it's getting because it needs to fix some stuff. It should not be who am I going to kill next and then find out that that person is still alive or that they are really dead. And I didn't watch Criminal Minds. I, I tried Criminal Minds, but I also felt that that was sort of a violence porn type show. That's what The Walking Dead now feels like where it didn't before. Before it was a survival show. Now it's just gratuitous. I would be okay with it if it was canceled. Great point. Because I would rather go. I would rather it go out on a what's left of a decent note than to go further down the toilet. Show of the year of 2016. What's your best show? I talked Mel? about it earlier, and I'm saying it again. Stranger Things. It is only eight episodes. It is a fast binge. It plays the beats just right. You get a fantastic conclusion. I I just don't have anything but good things to say about this show. So it, please watch. Just just watch it. It's wonderful. Damn. Luke Cage. I I know I went into it when I talked about Mike Coulter, but that show was just so good. So good. And after so many like up and down superhero moments of 2016. This is the one we really needed. I I want more. Looking forward. Oh to the yes, I cannot wait for the defenders. I cannot wait for more because that was one aspect of Jessica Jones that I really enjoyed too was uh, him and Jessica's relationship, and I'm interested to see stuff from him and. Uh, um, Matthew Murdoch and uh, Danny Rand. Okay, it, it should be a good time. And plus, anytime we can get more Claire Temple, I am there. Awesome, Craig. My favorite is obviously Gotham. My Gotham is both hasn't lost it. You think Gotham is better than Game of Thrones? Uh, the, yeah, I do. I mean, wow. I, I love okay. Ga- I love Game of Thrones. But okay, I love Game of Thrones and. I loved Walking Dead, but for some reason, Gotham didn't miss, miss a beat, and I'm not looking as forward after this last year of Game of Thrones. I'm not looking forward to it as much as I did before, because a lot of the people are dead that I love to hate. After the big fire in the in the after the after the, the explosion. explosion and the prince dying, all of a sudden, or the king dying. I'm sorry, the king and the explosion. Uh, I'm it just doesn't. Well, if you are watching for that little boy of a king, then you're watching for the I'm wrong talking, reason because he was never I, a reason. Oh, to I watch. love to hate him. I love to hate that kid, that slimy little kid. I love. But that wasn't the slime, Craig. That's the you're getting them confused because this kid wasn't the slimy one. The slimy. I know. One's been I'm dead sorry. Yes, seasons. the slimy one. Uh, what I'm saying is, the, the, everybody's dead that I really love to hate. Most of them are the, the everything you said about Game of Thrones this year is true, but um, I. Gotham, Gotham didn't miss a beat, and it's get, seems to be getting better. Game of Thrones, uh, I'm not looking forward to co- it coming up, so I have to be looking forward to the next season for me to say it's show of the year because it's got to finish on a note that makes me want to see it next year. Uh, like, like, like Dan I, said about Luke Cage and like uh, and Stranger Things for Mel, totally agree with them both. It just hasn't been around long enough for me, me to give it show of the year. Gotham, I'm really looking forward to the uh, after this season's over. But, <laughs> Not not to get into the weeds, but show of the year is, has nothing to do with how long it's been around. It's how who had the best season it, this year. Wait, what? So wait, it's for a singular the year. There is Th- that's show of no, the year. Yeah, show of the year is Gotham. Show it's not show of every show three of years. Show of the, 
<laughs> yes, 2016. Yeah, Gotham is the show of the year for me. I can't, I cannot give show of the year to a show that's only had eight episodes or 13 episodes. It's just not enough. So they're both great shows, but it's not enough okay. for me to just say, wow. Well, I, I diametrically disagree with you, but my best show of 2016 is uh, Game of Thrones. With the exception of Daenerys, which is always the weakest link you of that show for me. You shut up right yeah, now. Yeah, get away from oh. you that. Shut up. Um, listen. You don't want, you want that, to sit up here she, and tell she, me you think Sansa is better than yes, Daenerys. Yes, done. Oh, oh hell yeah! God. Hell to the yeah! Stupid ass Listen, you're not the, you put you pick Stranger Things, and I'm not coming for you with Stranger Things. But no, Game of Thrones and Stranger Things were my two finalists. Game of Thrones had to edge it out just because of the scale for me. Um, that's why Stranger Things ended ended up as my best new show. I'm not I'm not gonna. They argue. had so they had they had so many amazing moments moments that you would not see on any other television show maybe ever again in terms of scale it had the moments that culminated with like for example earlier i mentioned john and sansa reuniting it had wonderful moments my two weakest links though were daenerys and then Tyrion. Tyrion this season was the one character that he just they they had him stuck in that castle making jokes that were really bad jokes. And it was like, we need to get him out of here as quickly as possible. But for me, that is the best TV show of 2016, which comes to our, (laughs) which brings us to our three final categories, which can cover anything in geekdom, whether that is TV, movie, comics, books, video games, technology, award shows, best of geekdom, 2016 Mel. Um, I really loved Rami Malek and Tatiana Maslany winning uh, Best Actor and Actress of Drama Series at the Emmys. I thought that was fantastic because I never really saw it coming. So to see, you know, two kind of sci-fi geeky categories uh, shows take away the big awards, that was pretty great. And um, I... Look who's got a tie. It's not a tie. Um, yeah, that's it. Oh, okay. Because I because you were going you were going and of and I thought, oh, we got another one. She's so she's got a tie. No, okay. I'm not Luke Kerr. Uh, Dan. You. Oh, uh, <laughs> fine, fine, fine. Dan, who do you uh, have? For me, I think the big, the biggest thing to take away from 2016 geek wise is the streaming revolution. And what I mean by that is like. We have YouTube Red now. We have Hulu Plus becoming the standard in Hulu. We have the expansion of Netflix and Amazon Prime and Crunchyroll, Crackle, CISO, Yahoo, uh, Voodoo, Sling, all of these different mediums where we can watch our programming like straight from our smart TVs, our uh, you know Blu-ray players, Apple Box, whatever you got going on. This is kind of the next step in – in, in in like technology or technological progress, and it's kind of really really cool seeing these kind of companies also take stand and put their foot down in uh, in like television and movies and stuff with Hulu and Netflix and Yahoo did with Community and Amazon Prime is doing with shows like um, Man in the High Tower and stuff like that. Um, it's it's just a really cool thing to see, and I can't wait to see what the next step is. 
Is it wrong that I still, in some respects, prefer my Blu-ray collection for my absolute favorites? I would still rather put them in a DVD player than look them up on Netflix. I agree 100% because I like owning things, but Mm -hmm. I also appreciate, like... I will own something, but also watch that movie or television show on TV, even though I own it. Okay. That, I don't know. It's a convenience issue. Craig, best of geekdom 2016. The best moment of geekdom, I think, thing that sticks in my mind is probably the Game of Thrones burning scene in uh, when everybody burns up in the temple. I just, I, that is probably my best moment. I stopped, but Okay. My best of geekdom is a video game, which is Overwatch, uh, released by Blizzard in May. Love it. I don't have as much time as I would like to play it, but I absolutely love it. If you have not tried it out, um, be on the watch out for it. They do occasionally do like free to try weekends. It's a ton of fun. Ton of fun. Mel, worst of geekdom 2016. Since I feel like we've expressed our disdain enough for a Batman versus Superman. I'm not going to say that one. I'm going to say Suicide Squad instead because it was kind of equally disappointing. Like, it wasn't as bad. It's like one step up. But it was still like, ugh. With the exception of Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn and Viola Davis as Amanda Waller, um, yeah, that movie sucked. <laughs> There's no other way to say it. <laughs> I agree. Absolutely. I agree. Ugh. Good pick. Yeah. Dan? I... I'm kind of piggybacking on Mel on this one. The fall of DC. Seriously, this the film part of DC needs to get its act together. So, like, they're so far behind. Um, it, like, Batman vs. Superman was just a train wreck. And Suicide Squad tried to be, like, a gazillion different things at the same time. And Zack Snyder is doing all these interviews and talking to people without realizing that DC as a comics brand had to reboot and restart every single comic under its umbrella because the films were such terrible pieces of crap. Like, well, that's also because the comics were like the, the previous version, like quote unquote reboot of the comics was not very well. Received. I mean, new 52 hasn't been amazing, but it's one of those things where they're still putting out stuff, even though Rebirth is going on. Like, I, I'm, I'm still getting some Green Arrow stuff, even though Rebirth is... Go like, it's really weird to try and read both at the same time, but that's another conversation at the same... Like, entire... Maybe for a comic Exactly. But needless to say, okay. DC, they're... Ugh, they need to get their act together and get Zack Snyder out of there. Okay, Craig, Worst of Geekdom 2016. It my heart because I've been a Marvel fan since I was well, since I was 12 when I switched from DC to Marvel. So it warms my heart to hear Dan say that stuff. Uh, worst, mo worst, worst moment, geek moment, geek thing of this year was the, the torching of the Samsung Note 5, or 7, sorry. The torching of the Samsung Note 7. I was ready to mortgage my brother in order to get a Samsung Note 7. And guess what? They started burning up all over the world. So that was the worst geek moment. Very much looking forward to that and hoping that they actually come out with a Note 8. So no no, no challenge. Okay. 
Samsung's uh, flammable phones and appliances was also my worst of geek in 2016 <laughs> because you want to you want to torpedo your own company, have your phone start blowing up and being set on fire, and then appliances in your house being catching on fire. Can you imagine if a whole bunch of houses had burned down because of Samsung washer and dryers? That would have been terrible. Yeah. Okay. The biggest award of the podcast. Biggest moment of 2016 for you, Mel. Uh, Going back to Captain America Civil War, the big superhero battle in the middle of the movie pretty much sticks out to me as my favorite of the year. You like I said before, you know, you have all of your good guys in the same place, but this time they're fighting each other and they're doing it in a fantastic way, and you don't know what to root for. And Craig always likes to bring up, you know, Ant Man turning into Big Man, and it was just it's fantastic. I could watch that scene over and over and over again and never get tired of it. So there we go. Dan, biggest moment of 2016. Since Mel brought up the Captain America Civil War battle, I'm gonna have to go with the DC equivalent of invasion. No, you don't go Batman versus Superman. Another cyber high yeah, five. You got to go with the invasion fight because that was, you got Supergirl there. You got flash arrow. You got most of the legends. Um, it's just, it's such a good, well choreographed fight. I know I have complaints about the camera and how it's just, it's, Greg Berlanti is way too into himself with some of these shots, but it is just like so well done. Craig, biggest moment of 2016. It doesn't say it all. The biggest moment would be giant man. (laughs) The biggest moment is clearly like, like Mel said, it's when giant man shows up and you just, you just can't keep your eyes off the screen. Mine was also the CW's invasion um, crossover event. I, because for me, it was the culmination of not only these shows, but of a year in which the DC films failed so abysmally after being so disappointed by Batman v Superman and not particularly enjoying Suicide Squad. I loved the fact that 2016 ended the year with a fun crossover that gave me heart, that gave me humor, that gave me that brought together characters in a JLA or JSA type scenario, a group of people teaming up that was not disappointing. I loved it. I, I'm concerned about the Justice League movie just because of what we went through with Batman v Superman. And so I'm taking what I can get and that doesn't that in no way detract from what the CW did because independently on its own I think they did a fantastic job. Hopefully this though for the things that there were they did have a few problems and hopefully they'll use this um, experience as an opportunity to get, improve those and do them better next year and it will be an even better event next year. As we wrap this up Honorable and dishonorable mentions. Mel, do you have any honorable or dishonorable mentions for um, any of the categories? Dishonorable mentions. Um, I really hate what Sleepy Hollow did to Nicole Bahari and Abby Mills. Um, do I have any honorable mentions? I can't think of any right now. Okay. Dan, any honorable or dishonorable uh, mentions? Honorable mentions. I 
I would have to say uh, I I kind of enjoyed uh, some Daredevil season two, even though it didn't get a lot of a lot of love. I I, I was kind of into Electra. Stick is still a jerk. Um, I I kind of I I enjoyed uh, Harrison Wells Earth two. I'm not sold on HR, and I don't think before she got her powers, Jesse didn't really bring anything to the team the same way Wally didn't before he got his powers. They were just kind of in the room with the rest of the adults, which was kind of kind of weird. Um, I um, video games, uh, Nintendo Switch. Looking to be uh, looking to make some make some moves. Uh, th- video game wise, everything's kind of on the up and up. Uh, I can't really think of any honorable uh, dishonor dishonorable okay. wise though. Um, I mean, sidelining Thea this whole season of Arrow has been kind of annoying. Um, I I'm still waiting for the return of John Constantine. I don't know if it's going to happen. I know it's happening in justice league dark, which see if they would have had Constantine instead of rip Hunter on legends. I could have been, on. I, I wouldn't have minded that. Um, I know the actor was busy doing theater. I'm really excited that he's back for, uh, justice league dark. And hopefully he'll, make an appearance at some point uh again i don't like olicity so there's that for the dishonorable mention um and barry uh who have you already mentioned at oh least yeah three times. exactly yeah okay craig any honorable or dishonorable mentions oh for absolutely timeless i think timeless i like timeless thank you it's fantastic Oh it God. is. It is. If it hadn't been for Stranger Things, it would have been my it best new show. A little shaky, and now it is amazing, and I love it. Okay, sorry, Craig. Go. Uh, I I love it. I think it's awesome. I love the. I love every feature of it individually. All the all the history that it brings in. All the all the fun stuff. I'm a major history buff, uh, and I've taken a lot of classes at college in history and English. So I love the way it deals with all of that. And the one thing that I real that really stands out for me, and Mel, you can check me on this. But and I grew up through a lot of what they talk about through, through uh, you know the 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 uh, the sixties. The, well, you know I'm going to say the sixties, seventies, whatever. The, the the way they deal with race, the the black character in this is is terrific, and he does such a good job, and they do such a job presenting uh, racism during all those years, from the earliest shows to the later shows. It just seems like they do a great job with it, and and I'm loving watching them deal with that. And so I like that a lot. I did like how Rufus was like, you do realize there's not an era I can go back to where anything's going to be okay, right? That's what I would... Thank you! Finally, someone says it! Okay. I love that. It's absolutely true that, I mean, you know, I just, I I loved it when he said that. It was like, he's like, yeah, that makes, yeah, that's the way it is. (laughs) Brought up a lot of memories for me on those kinds of things. So so that's my, honest to God, love it. Can't wait to see it next year. And um, who knows, maybe next year after, after it's given some time, Maybe that'll be my best, but um, worst. I'm gonna go back to it because it's just so bad. I've never, I've never been thrown out of a movie or a TV show or movie so badly as I was The Walking Dead this year. That is my most dishonorable moment. Whoever thought that you had to follow the graphic novels and and take what was a great TV show, one of the greatest 
ever and turn it into a piece of crap, um, that's a dishonorable person, a dishonorable mention. And it makes no, no sense whatsoever to do that. So that's going to be it. I have some honorable and dishonorable mentions. Dishonorable mentioned, uh, since I went with Independence Day for my worst movie, um, Batman v Superman was a very close dishonorable mention for all the reasons already stated. My honorable mentions, for newcomers, I had Timeless, which I love Timeless. It's probably my second favorite new show of the season. Two other really good ones, if you want to just try out different versions of sci-fi, whether it's a dystopian future or uh, very much a in-space future, I would definitely recommend checking out The Expanse. The Expanse reminds me of um, a little bit of Battlestar Galactica. For the dystopian future, you want to check out Colony on USA. Another interesting one, you very rarely ever see the actual aliens, but you get the sense of the invasion and the fact that they basically corralled humanity into cities um outlander had an amazing season as a returning show it had an amazing I hated season outlander it was so good from the very beginning so from the very beginning maybe different than this season <laughs> i thought it was okay um so i i really loved outlander this season um and the person who almost beat robin lord taylor for male entertainer of the year i actually had Malcolm Barrett as Rufus Carlin um, on Timeless. Because what I feel that he has done, the only reason he didn't get that is because the Penguin, just as a character, has so much more presence. But everything that the Penguin is in terms of like overpowering scenes and like just filling up a room, Malcolm Bartlett as Rufus, he did the flip side of it where he portrayed the vulnerability he portrayed the insecurity of someone who does have to go back through time as mel pointed mm. out and he portrays the fear of what the organization who is coming for him and who is like basically surveilling who has been uh behind the sea uh, but well who has been a secret organization since the founding of this country and has been manipulating things is now threatening the safety of him, his family, and his boss, and his co—I mean, his co-travelers, or his fellow travelers. I think that he has done a fantastic job on it. He's never going to get the Emmy um, recognition he deserves, but he definitely deserves recognition for how he is evolving that character as this he story is, a is progressing. True hero in this TV show, he, and I would say that he is—he is maybe the biggest hero he's, in he's that a good balance series. between the three main characters. Cause you know, he you've got the know-it-all you've got the hothead and then you've got him. So I feel like it's fantastic. Yep. Matt, uh, well, Matt Lanner is why Wyatt because... Logan tends to be a, uh, an archetype. He's the same mm -hmm. character. He was the same character in, I'm not the same guy playing it, but uh, warehouse 13 had the same exact character pretty much as one of his, one of the main characters. As Wyatt Logan, Rufus Carlin is something new, something different. I have a question for Craig and Mel because I know they've watched it. But Dan, have you watched Timeless? Watch it seriously as a holiday binge. I would be looking for it on in demand. It is that good. Um, so Craig and Mel, I want to pose this question to you because we haven't had a chance to discuss the show on the podcast since this is basically our last TV podcast of the year. I have a theory, and my theory is that Garcia and Lucy. The reason why he has her journal is because she was the wife that was killed. Mm. 
that's my theory. I don't know if I have enough to base it on, but I'm very curious. At this point in the show, I just don't see those two quote unquote teaming up in the future based on how their story's progressing, especially since they sort of seem to be hinting at this Lucy and Wyatt romance. There hasn't been a good explanation for me, at least, as to why he has her journal. So for me, I'm thinking to myself, what if she's the the wife who is killed? It would killed? be more likely it was some kind of squirrely, she's really his daughter kind That's, of thing. Yeah, I was kind of thinking that maybe she's his daughter. The a wife would be too easy and too pat. The daughter thing is is a little cliche, but it's still. I guess my my I guess my thing with the daughter was that because he's so young in the age where his wife and daughter were killed, it would make it very difficult since we have the um, Lucy the the mother side of Lucy's story that doesn't match up, which is why for me it seemed more logical that it, she could potentially be. Hit the, oh, what, the murdered it's, wife. It's, that's the point of the whole show. Mm-hmm. Is so much is up in the air, and we're all speculating on what could be the truth. I'm like, so, he's in a time machine. He can do anything. So exactly, you know. exactly. The possibilities are pretty much unlimited. Remember, you can be your own grandpa. The- so you're basically tell you're both you're both basically telling me that I'm white. Uh, probably. Uh, I think that it's definitely plausible that they're related somehow, and that's it, why they both have very black her. hair. Yeah, why he's protecting her so much. Because, you know, in the last couple of episodes, he, don't listen, Dan, you know, he went back and he saved his brother, so. That's why, and that's why I thought that this might be his wife. Because of, and that was one of the things that sort of made it seem more ever. logical. Because he went, he went back for, he went back for mm-hmm. his brother. If, if he would do that for his brother, why wouldn't he do it for his wife? And for the chemistry that I've observed between the two of them, the looks that he sometimes gives her when she's not watching, maybe I'm reading too much into it. It's entirely possible. But the looks that he, and it doesn't the look like patience, the patience that he has for her in some of those scenes is not patience you would normally allow for a rival who you're racing through time to try and battling through time. Hey, look, it reminds me, have you seen Blacklist, the TV show Blacklist? Yeah. Love yep. Blacklist. It reminds me of of the, the relationship he has with, with the, the major female character. That's the kind of relationship it remind, reminds me of. Uh, though this, it seems like daughter. But those two, uh, those two potentially have a it's romantic connection. It's not a look connection. of longing. It's not a look of longing that he has for. I think that he gives her looks of, it's almost sorrow love. Yeah, daughter, mm-hmm. not well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, well, let's hope we'll see. We need mate ratings to put be some, good on it we so that put it comes back for a second this. season. We should put something on this, like a, like the DVD of the first season. We should write. We should write. We should write a post on what are your theories are exactly. for these two. And is that and we saying? should put up for the three of us. We should put up like a timeless DVD or something. You have to buy us each a timeless DVD if you're wrong, and we'll buy you one if you're right. Blu-ray. How's that sound? Mm, a okay. wager. The problem is, is that. I would expect that I would be on the losing end of that. <laughs> so do, so would we. That if I'm right, <laughs> so so that if I'm if, because if I'm right, it would be something that wouldn't be revealed for two or three seasons. If I'm wrong, we'll never know because the show will be canceled. It is NBC. Um, it is NBC. Yes, exactly. Mel, where can people find you on Twitter? You can find me at my name, uh, Melody Akles, M-E-L-O-D-I-E-A-I-K-E-L-S. Dan, where can they uh, find Dan you? Dan Pierce, 42, D-A-N-P-E. A-R-C-E. Mine is much Craig? easier. It's at Z Movie Maniac. 
And mine is Luke underscore Kerr. You can follow uh, the podcast on Twitter, twitter.com slash gkconfidential. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash gkconfidential. Write us a review on iTunes. Those help get us exposure on that very important platform. We thank you for listening. Until Rogue One, which that was the only caveat with this podcast, is Rogue One hasn't come out. This could have all been changed if Rogue One could have just come out a little bit earlier to see if it was the best it won't. film. <laughs> okay. I'm, 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 I'm glad no you're so certain of that. <laughs> but we will be recording a Rogue One podcast. So until then, so long. Bye, all